This is the Northern Superior Brewing Company Upload Strike Zone Edition, hosted by Connor Henderson and David McKaig Jr. Northern Superior Brewing Company is located in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada, where there are many beer options available for purchase or delivery, and where we're superior and it's a northern thing. Make sure to follow Northern Superior Brewing Company on Facebook, tagged at Northern Superior, and on Instagram, tagged at Northern Superior Co., or the website, northernsuperior.org. The Gain Sports Show and Gem are fortunate and grateful to have Northern Superior Brewing Company a part of our sponsorship family and and if you haven't already started to put in your order for some delicious beer, you're certainly missing out. So get to it. Now let's chat some baseball. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show. This is the Strike Zone Edition, Season 1, Episode 8. It is your host, David McKaig Jr. The Strike Zone is presented by the Tap Room at Northern Superior Brewing Company. Make sure you check Northern Superior Brewing Company inside the Tap Room. They're on 50 Pym Street. It is absolutely fantastic, that Tap Room. It's an electric atmosphere. You got great cold beer options available. You cannot miss out on the options there especially the hound town that they have out fantastic pint i'm sitting here right now having it you can't see it because it's not on video just yet but nonetheless i am having it and it is delicious you can also follow them on facebook and instagram and i mentioned i'm the host of the show i should more so introduce myself as a co-host to the show because the main host of strike zone is on the other end of the microphone and before we continue into this introduction i'm going to bring that absolute stud of a man into this conversation. The one, the only, the non-objection lad. I don't know what I meant by that, but we're going to go with it. Connor Henderson. Connor, my friend, how are you? I'm doing great, Dave. I'm going to say the objection thing, I guess, relates to, like, I'm a law student, so maybe maybe that plays into it. Yeah. Um, also, an embarrassing quick uh, pint story. Uh, when I first saw the, the word pint, I thought it was pronounced pint. And I was like talking about wanting a pint from the restaurant. And it, it's like my Irish oh, ancestors no. are rolling in their graves. All right. So, it's, yeah. Oh, the pint. You got to, I honestly, if you don't know the term and you look at it, it does say pint, but I don't, you know, it's like a lot of other words. I'm not going to think of top of my head that has a silent, whatever the hell in it. And it just sounds like something else. And now I sound like I, have no education, so I won't continue. I do have an education, fun fact. Uh, certainly not a law student by chance. I'm only a business HR student, so definitely not a lawyer. I can't do that shit, and there's no objection to that. Let me just say that. Strike Zone, it's our eighth episode, Connor. I project that we might have one to two more for season one. Uh, there might be a couple bonus additions throughout the off season, so you could project about maybe two to four more, depending on how it goes. Season two, when we get into it, will be on the start of next baseball season for our preview show if anyone's asking and guess what by then you get to see these beautiful faces uh that is the guests and connor not mine if we have guests on the show as we plan to start having guests in the world of baseball on these shows as well so a lot of big things coming up for season two of strike zone uh, of course we got to complete season one before we could talk about season two but i want to tell people about the video connor i'm just so itchy to do that okay we have a lot of big things happening uh, with the game entertainment and media, TGEM, if you will. Uh, and you can check us out on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Google Podcasts. We're all over the place. Facebook, Instagram. Just hit follow, like, and subscribe. We like that. We take the time to talk sports with you. We love your company. Just give us a little, 
do us a little tap, a little subscribe, a little follow, a little like, whatever you got to do. Maybe a little share if you're feeling a little adventurous. Uh, there will be no objection to that either. That's the third time uh, I've said it on the show. Uh, but nonetheless, Norton Superior Brewing Company, the tap room. Make sure you follow them as well and all of our sponsors with the Game Sports Show and the Game Return Media. We certainly appreciate it. As I mentioned, soon to come with TGEM, we're going to be on YouTube transitioning. Fantastic stuff. Really fantastic. The platform's expanding. There's a little teaser to what that is. I'm not getting into more details still yet. There will be a formal announcement within the next couple of weeks about the plan for TGEM and the YouTube platform itself. And you can check out previous content of the Game Sports Show on thegamesportshow.com. Now that I've went through the usual introduction portion, and I kind of change the introduction portions all the time. Sometimes I talk about ads near the middle, the end. I'm Listen, we have fun on the show. We don't follow a script. That is the main rule. I want this to be real, authentic. That is the point. And trust me, you can ask Connor. I just made that up while talking. I did not type that out. This is not any script that we follow. We know what we're talking about, we like to say. But we also know uh, our sponsors. We know our business. We know our brand. And we know what we're providing to you. So you can trust So you're getting some great content here. And as I mentioned, Connor is the actual host of Strike Zone. And... Connor, I'm going to let you get into the agenda of today's show, and then I'm going to be piggybacking off you as I typically do with these uh, additions, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. So the story this week is the story of the whole baseball season culminating into one series, and that's the World Series. We've got Houston Astros, uh, noted cheaters, and back on (laughs) the rise in 2020. Facing off against the Atlanta Braves, who were dominant for the greater part of three decades uh, leading into the 2000s and have now uh, risen once again uh, to get another crack at the World Series. Um, The topic today is that and simply that. Who do you think is going to win? And I've got all the storylines teed up for you here. But essentially, we've got the Astros trying to prove that they can get it done without cheating without Verlander without McCullers and we've got the Braves who've exceeded expectations on pretty much all accounts this year uh, rolling out a pretty young roster uh, and a pretty feisty group see honestly I'm a fan of the Braves in this series and that's because of a few things I fucking dislike the Astros I've said that on numerous shows. I can imagine that I'll never get anyone to be a guest on our show with the Houston Astros because of how bad I've talked about them, but I really don't give a shit, as bad as that may sound. Uh, I don't like I, – I shouldn't say that I don't like. I imagine the players are really nice guys, you know, uh, but it just seems like a few of them – Maybe you wouldn't want to have a Northern Superior tap room pint with them uh, because of conversation that we would have. Uh, the noted Verlander thing, and that's on our previous episode, Connor, and that was the title of that episode. And uh, we got some feedback, had some friends uh, that didn't even know that story. And it's good that they tuned in to the Game Sports Show because we provided them that story. And Verlander, the McCullers thing, great. I hope those injuries come back to bite them and that they're not there because I really hope the Braves win this series. So, A, I hope they win, but I also think the Braves are going to win. But you know what? For some mm, some reason, my sports gut, okay, is like, mm, pause, <laughs> pause. <laughs> the Astros have made it this far. You said you were going to jump out of a window if you said they're going to win, Dave, and now they're in the finals. 
And it pretty much sounds like, because everyone knows I'm a Toronto fan throughout everything. Everything happens to Toronto fans. So it looks like I'm going to have to pick that window pretty soon. So I can see why, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Connor, I think that Houston is the favorite going into this. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much of a favorite. I think it's five and six games. I saw a few uh, that it's by slim margin. But I'm hoping that we had some Cinderella here. I was hoping we saw Cinderella with Milwaukee. We didn't see that. Uh, I was hoping we were seeing Cinderella with the Blue Jays, but we didn't end up seeing that either. Uh, so obviously some of my predictions have been incorrect this year. I haven't been as lucky as I was last year in our baseball editions. But, you know, honestly, Connor, the Houston Astros are a good baseball team. And that pains me to say, but I gotta, I'll gotta. i give credit where it deserves. I'm not going to sound like an idiot and say they suck because they don't suck. They're there. They have good players. You know, Correa, I don't like his celebration with uh, the time. I uh, I can't. Uh, Altuve, you know, the guys that they have here, you know, and Springer still talks highly about those guys to an extent. Uh, not really talks about them because he's with the Jays now. But when he left, you know, he was sad to leave Houston, but happy for a new chapter. So, you know, everyone that was there doesn't seem to talk bad about it. But the fans and media talk shit because of the scandals, the cheating. And now they're trying to prove that they're not a cheaters. And I, despite as much dislike as I have for them. They are the better team going into this series for real. They are the better roster, but I hope Atlanta wins. And you know what? Because I hope they're going to win. I think they're going to win though, but everyone also put an asterisk beside that because of how wrong I've been this year, but also because my sports gut in my belly and my heart is trying to get me to change that decision, but I'm not going to, I want to believe in the Braves and I think uh, they're going to pull off an upset here. Connor. Yeah, I think usually a good rule of thumb when it comes to sports is whatever is the most chaotic is usually how things seem to play out. And and the most chaotic situation here would be that the Houston Astros bounce back from their scandal quite handily. And and with the roster of the same core, the Altuves and the Correas and the Bregmans and the Guriels, like, you know, if we're talking five or ten years from now and like none of their core is the same, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like I'm allowed to feel hurt that, that the Leafs suck and they suck when they have the Matthews core, they've sucked with the Kessel core, they've sucked with Sundin core, you know what I mean? Like for the most part, like they've, they've been in pain and, and agony. Um, you know, if, if the Astros have a completely different core manager, GM, in like five, 10 years, all right, whatever. But this is the same, this is the same core of players that got caught in the scandal. You're allowed to, to hate them. You're allowed to be like, this is, ridiculous i was a big carlos correa fan up in the draft you know it it, it sucked i'm a huge verlander fan he was a part of the scandal team you know what i mean so like how much of that plays into their reputation for the rest of their career i mean that's for the fans to decide right it doesn't look good there's one storyline that you can kind of cling on to with with the astros to i guess chase uh the bad taste going down your mouth is that uh dusty baker uh their new uh skip is um you know for all intents and purposes uh, considered to be like a like a good baseball guy that people wouldn't mind uh seeing uh get, get the dub so um other than that um not really uh, a fan of, of what they bring into the table you know what they when you look at their roster and like you said they have the same core right you know that the only guy that i see missing is Redick, you know like um but you look at the Michael Brantleys, you look at the Bregman, you look at the Correa's, you look at the Yuli Gurriel's, the, uh, uh, I believe Zach Granke was there when they won it and as well. Uh, so, 
I believe he was. We might have to. I might have to double check that maybe he wasn't. I'll uh, we'll get the stats on that point. But you know, I really think, um, and uh, based on what I see, actually, no. Well, twenty nineteen, he was there until present. But on his accolades, doesn't have a World Series champion beside it. So maybe I missed that train. But anyways, point of this is. They have good players. That's my point. Despite that I got Zach Granke's wrong, go ahead, roast me, comment below. It doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. The point of my story is they have the core, like you said, Connor, and we're bouncing off that. When you look at the Astros, they have a team that is, you know, well put together. And if you compare it to the Braves, you know, if you want to have the Altuve's, et cetera, I've always been a fan, okay, of Freddie Freeman. I've always loved Freddie Freeman. I really think he's uh, obviously one of the best first basements in the game. He can play defensively, especially for a big lad. Uh, the area of concern that I kind of see uh, that might be an issue, you know, they're missing Mike Soroka, right? Imagine if this team had Canadian-born Mike Soroka playing. I'd like to throw that Canadian out there, the Canadian one more time, Lounder line bold. Uh, it's, it's great to see, but Charlie Morton's really come up this year, the veteran, right? It's a guy you'd like to see uh, win uh, Max Freed as well. Uh, they've had some good depth pitching. They've had some reliable bullpen. Get my note, Blue Jays, bullpen. Uh, the bolt like that when you have strong pitching, that is imperative in a season or uh, season, but also series. Look at Cleveland when they played the Blue Jays. As soon as you saw Andrew Miller trotting out of the pen, down, you're like, oh, well, okay, I'm going to go make dinner because, you know, Andrew Miller is going to strike out the side. And if you look at the year before, Wade Davis was the closer with the Kansas City Royals. As soon as he came out of the pen, and if you don't see Jose Bautista up, you're like, and in the do-up order, you're like, oh, well, looks like I got to go make plans now because, you, you know, bullpens are so effective. But I'm going to go to Cleveland for a second and refer to that 2016 team, I believe it was. They made the finals that year. That was the Cubs year. Um, but they played small ball. You had some power on that team. You had Kipnis. You had Francisco Lindor. You had some uh, some good pieces, and I'm probably missing a few. I think Jose Ramirez was still part of that team. He was a bit younger. And more. I think he's a lot more effective now than he was then. But again, you had a team that played small ball, quote-unquote. And maybe Connor, when I'm done talking, will quote what small ball means. But essentially, they got on base, okay? And then they did the steals. They, did the, they, they bunted. They did what they had to do to win the game. And then as soon as the right inning came, because their pitching was really strong, their starting five, Andrew Miller would trot out of the pen. And one, two, three, one, two, three, done. See you later, right? And then Allen would come out of the pen for the closer. And one, two, three, done. They had their sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, they whatever, all set up. And that what brought them success. They didn't really have the power. Okay. Like, but then the Cubs came in. The Cubs had everything that year. They had power, base, they had bullpen, they had pitching, they had everything. So they were literally the perfect team. And Bryant and Rizzo were just absolutely crushing balls at that time. So it was Baez. Uh, there was other players that uh, Jason Hayward was looking good at that point too. So former brave, mind you. Uh, so you had a team that made it there because of their bullpen, but you look at the Atlanta roster for power. They're not the Cubs. They're not, they're not the, what the Cubs were. They're not even what the blue Jays were when they had Mount Crushmore in 15, 16 and the power in the Astros is stronger for sure. Um, pitching for the Astros. i kind of feel like it's even the pitching depth, the starting pitching's even bullpen again, even, I, I really think it's even the batting is better for Houston, but if Atlanta can get on base and LBs, 
Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson, uh, you, you know, Jock Peterson, uh, they had Adam Duvall, who was a fucking RBI King this year. They have support that can get runs in. They just have to get on base for the big guys when they come up to the order and they will capitalize because these guys have proven it all year and been consistent all year. So that's where my argument is when I look at the Braves in comparison to Houston, okay, is that Houston may have a better bat, but I think Atlanta has the ability to play that small ball until the big guys come up and do it. Unlike Cleveland, when they did make it in the finals, they had Lindor, right, and Kipnis, they had guys – but I'm sorry, despite how good Lindor is defensively, he's not no Freddie Freeman power. He doesn't have Adam Duvall power either. I don't just, well, if he connects on the ball, he does, but not as consistent as that. Jock Peterson, there's a guy also who can crush the ball if he gets a hold of it. So I really feel like the Atlanta Braves, if they play it right and get on base for those big guys, they can capitalize, Connor. I think that's why they should be not overlooked. Yeah, for sure. Like, there's no being around the bush that this brave scheme isn't exactly a juggernaut. Uh, but like, let's be real here. Neither team has had like lights out pitching. Their, their bullpens have been strong. Yeah, it's true. But the, the starters, especially for Houston, like, they were lucky to get past the second round. Their starters were getting rocked just to start the series. And, um, you know, they managed to patch it together with their, with their bullpen at this point. Um, I'd say my confidence is with the Braves starting pitchers. They only have three at this point. Um, uh, that being Max Freed, Ian Anderson, and Charlie Morton. They pitched very well. Yep. And Houston has been much more patchwork. Um, if you were to go one for one, shortstop versus shortstop, Correa versus um, uh, Dansby Swanson, you know, you side with Correa. If you go Altuve, um, versus uh, like Aussie Albies, you go Altuve. Um, but, but it's within a margin of error where, yeah, like it, it's too close to call. Um, it's going to be won and lost with, with the bats, in my opinion. Neither pitching staff is, is dominant to, to really win you a game. So, yeah, I, I'd, say, I'd say the books are, are, are fairly, and this is pretty status quo, right on this. Houston's got a slight edge, but you can't count out um, the fact that the Braves starting pitchers uh, have shown more uh, through the postseason so far. Former Jay, Travis D'Arno there as well. Uh, but again, uh, it, it seems when I look at it, it's that small ball again. If Dansby Swanson could just get on base, if Freddie Freeman, I've always loved Freddie Freeman. I feel like this guy I want to party with. I've said that about two different people on this. I said the Astros, I'm going to talk about partying here, see where my head's at. It's obviously after the work day here. Uh, but Freddie Freeman is a guy who could be really dependable. That's so easy to say, right? Because it's Freddie Freeman, Adam Duvall, right? Those are guys that really stick out. But I think it's those guys that might come in late in the game, right? When you, when you play in the NL and compared to the AL, pitchers hit pitchers don't hit in the in the al there's obviously a dh so it's i think when atlanta puts in that dh i think that's going to be the guy who can turn around the game or if you're in the seventh inning you're tied 2-2 you're in the bottom and you take out charlie morton your bullpen's getting hot getting ready to go and you got 
uh, you know, they can pretty much start anybody out there, but maybe they have Jorge Soler on the bench. Okay. But Soler, there's a guy who can hit the ball. He's a young guy. He's big. He's got power. There's a guy that can come off the bench, you know, or if it, or if it is Hereda, if it is, uh, Adrianza, I can't pronounce his name. I won't try to buzz, but butcher too much, but they got options in the outfield. Obviously Eddie Rosario, I think will be playing more than sitting. Uh, but again, you have a team that can have, that has that depth. Houston, also has some pretty good depth as well. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, you can have Yuli Gurriel playing like if you don't have him in the lineup or can they have Diaz, right? There's a guy who can hit the ball. Cause again, you, I'm talking about if they play over in the national league, if they have a pitcher plan and uh, Alvarez, their DH is an absolute powerhouse. So like if he starts or doesn't start. So I think it's going to come down in this series to bullpen effectiveness and those guys that come in late in the game in the NL games, I think because pivotal games uh, are the late games, of the series and those late game reactions. I feel like the NL games when they're in Atlanta, that is where the capitalization for either team is going to be. That depth is really going to come in. You're in the nine hole hitter. You, that nine hole, usually pitcher bats ninth. Let's just show. Hey, Otani, he'd probably plat, back cleanup if he was over in the NL, uh, but you put them. A ninth, and let's say you put in Solaire. Solaire, boom, hits a double, leadoff double to start the inning all of a sudden. Then you're turning the bats over to the top of the order where the big horses come up, right? And it goes down to where all of a sudden on third, you got Freddie Freeman, and fourth, you got Adam Duvall. You got a guy maybe who stole the third, maybe have one out, and now you got Freddie Freeman up and you're tied 2 2. I would like Freddie Freeman to, if I'm tied 2 2 with one out to get me a sack fly to give me the lead, right? It's that effective late at bat that I think is going to be really effective in this series. And I don't think people are going to talk about that too much, but that's one point where I think it's going to be huge. And that is only a certain amount of games, could be two, could be three in the NL, uh, but those could be pivotal games in terms of turning around a series or finishing it. Yeah, absolutely. I love to see, especially in these playoff uh, battles where you'll you'll see like all hands on deck, like eight relief pitchers coming into a nine inning game. Um, like who's going to break the dam, right? And oftentimes in those National League games, like those pinch hit at bats are so fun. Um, I understand from a marketing perspective, it's kind of a waste to have like a pitcher bat like 130 all year or if that 130 um and i understand that like you know give it 10 or 15 years we'll have universal dh probably in, in both leagues um but for now I, I love the strategy of uh like when managers have to maybe pull a pitcher an inning earlier than they want to because there's runners in scoring position and we gotta take a shot it it makes for for way more fun uh, gambles uh, now, for me, like, yeah, obviously, it, it feels weird that you see this, pull, like, random dude. You could pull somebody from the stand sometimes and have them bat, and they'd have a better chance of laying down a bunt uh, sometimes in some of these pictures you see up there. But when it comes to playoff baseball, like, I love the pinch hitting, the pinch running, the, you know, like, the stolen bases. It's hilarious. Like, if you have a pitcher who's throwing a one-hitter, you're in the sixth inning, it's Charlie Morton's hot, but you have the base of juice, and you're down 2 nothing, 3 nothing even. And I look to my right and I got Soler or maybe I got, I don't know, maybe I got, uh, maybe I do have Rosario on the bench. You know, I'm putting them in. No, you're going into the game. I want you to get at least a sack fly or at least I want you to get me something to get on the board. And then I'm looking at my bullpen and I'm going, all right, 
Chris Martin, Tyler Matzik, AJ Minter, someone get ready. You know, someone's got to get hot. This is a, uh, this is a world series. And that's so interesting. You bring up a good point with that because you gotta be, this is where managers gotta be. And how much have I said all year about Charlie Montoya? I've been chirping that guy all year. Okay. All right. And we're bringing up the Jays again. Cause I always find a way to bring up Toronto in conversations. Okay. But I will say that's where management is so key that in those big moments, when we talk about big moments in games, that's what I've been talking about that, again, is not fair to Charlie Montoya because he hasn't been there. I think he had the team to get there this year, but neither there or there. Uh, I, this is where managers make their paycheck. When you're sitting on the bench in the sixth inning of an NL game, game seven, let's say. I don't know if the game seven game is there this year. I forget. Is the, did the AL win the All-Star game or the NL? Top of my head, I forget already, but I, I already forget. But anyways, um, you, if you're in that deciding game, right, and you're looking down and going, shit, Charlie's fucking throwing a one-hitter and he's got eight Ks and six innings. Oh, well, we're down 3 nothing and the bases are loaded. Do I put Charlie up for a bunt? No, because they would throw home. That's a waste of an out. Then you're in double play situation. Or do I look down the bench and look at Rosario and go, shit. All right, Charlie, take a seat. <laughs> Rosario, you're going in, pal. You better get me a fucking run or I'll fucking send you down the minors tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, don't make me look like an idiot because you have to capitalize because runs are big. It's a different cookie playing in these games. And that's where managers get paid. And you mentioned that, and I couldn't second that for any further. David, it almost makes me just one more uh, point on that before we, before we switch. Um, it almost makes me think, and this might be a complete hunch, Push comes to shove. National League manager in the World Series has an advantage over the American League manager who hasn't had to deal with substitutions that have been as aggressive throughout the majority of the season. I know it's not a perfect comparable, but, like, you know, I think the guy who had 162 games doing it versus the guy who had five, you, you know? <laughs> and that's, and I, before I sound too much like an idiot, the AL. AL one five two because Vlad got the MVP. I should have fucking remembered that. That's horrible. That's that's bad. So the AL has game six and seven. Games one and two is what they have, and the NL has uh, three, four, five. If I remember correctly. Uh, so again, those hey three, four, five. That states our point big time. Those are middle of the series imperative games where either you're closing out the series on the road if you're Houston. Or you're Atlanta trying to get back into the series or make a pivot to go back on the road to Houston, which we know is a cheating yet hostile environment uh, that you want to try to avoid. And Jesus, I feel so dumb. Vlad got MVP this year. Why didn't I remember that? Jesus. And I don't mean MVP award, the MVP of the all-star game. Don't think, I don't know if he's going to get the MVP this year, but that's another conversation. Uh, Overall, you have a very interesting scenario and you bring up a good point. The managers, they had to deal with it. They are in the game. They're doing double switch. They're doing this. They're moving guys here. They're the AL managers like, and I got the video on with a chew in his mouth, literally just being like, all right, next guy up. Okay. Uh, Then they get up and they go, shit, my back. I've been sitting all game. Uh, Some managers don't sit, but I know there's a few of them that do, especially the older ones. Uh, So it's definitely, that's a leg up. If you're a better, if you're a better is what I mean. If you're betting on sports, and you're in game five, and you have a 2-2 series, okay, I might give the edge to the Braves just because of that manager role late in the game, how they can just walk out and know what they're doing. Not like the, the manager knows what he's doing, okay, or else he wouldn't be in the role, okay? But those moments of reacting, okay, 
go, go out. Okay, now we're going to put Webb in for a thing. Then Tyler Madzik's going to go in after that. And they have it all planned. They're so experienced on this. And the other managers have to scramble. Very good point. I could not agree more. That's why you host this show. Okay. That's why you host this show. <laughs> hey, Dave, speaking of Blue Jays, um, how do you feel about Alex Anthopoulos uh, having a, a shot at getting a World Series ring with the uh, Atlanta Braves? That's one thing I didn't bring up my prediction. I really hope. Um, you know, I really hope that he wins it. Honestly, he's, he, and if I remember correctly, he's Canadian. If I'm not sure, I think he's Canadian. I know he studied at McMaster university. I know that for sure. Uh, I'm pretty confident. I actually think he's from Montreal. I'm not hundred percent sure. I know you might take a gander while I'm chatting here, but Alex Anthopoulos. Okay. He is. Am I right? Holy shit. I remember some things. All right. So you have a scenario where he's Canadian. I was upset when Toronto let him walk per se. Okay. When he was there, people were like, ah, shit, he got rid of the future for Tulowitzki and price. Okay. I'm going to backtrack people for a second. People may not know this story, but I heard this from a source uh, that's um, connected. Uh, to the Blue Jays organization. I won't remain his na- name, his name. This was a few, many years, not many years back, but a few years back for the recruitment. And I've said this on numerous shows for the recruitment of, uh, for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Obviously having the leg up him being Canadian, quote unquote, Vlad has Canadian citizenship because his dad played for the Expos. Uh, the, people may not know this. Alex Anthopoulos was the only manager that went to visit Vlad in person when he was 16 years old. He had to bring a translator, okay? And the translator had to translate everything. Vlad still has no idea what English is, except go and yes, and maybe fuck yeah, but he doesn't say that, okay? So he was sitting there, I guess, and with his mom, I guess his mom can speak pretty good English as well, but uh, don't know. I don't know that fact. Don't quote me on that. But he was talking to him, and he was saying, you know, the typical manager, I guess, phrase, and he left. And I guess a big part of Vlad's decision was because Alex went in person. Vlad's mother and dad, Vlad Sr., I think everyone knows him, has told him that since Alex came to you in person, we suggest you go with the Jays. Vlad was, I guess, thinking the Jays and two other teams that I don't know. That's what his agent was communicating, and that's where the maybe you don't believe Dave portion comes in. But Alex Anthopoulos going in person, it was a deciding factor for Vlad to be on the Blue Jays. People may not know that, or maybe they do. So when I think of Alex Anthopoulos, I miss the crap out of him. That trade that he did for too low on price, I like it. I approve it. Jeff Hoffman is nothing right now. No offense. He's not doing fantastic things. The stupidest trade I've ever seen was Noah Syndergaard going to the fucking Mets for R.A. Dickey. And I said that, but too bad I didn't have a podcast at that time when that happened because I would have roasted on there. I don't, don't want no knuckleballer in the fucking Sky, or Sky Dome. Here I am talking Sky Dome. The Rogers Center. Okay, sorry, Rogers. Uh, just, I talk about you all the time, so I can just still write me a check. But anyway, uh, they have a scenario where they traded Thor, literally the lookalike of Thor Odinson, okay? And he's literally a stud. I love Noah Syndergaard. I know he's been a little bit off, but I would have missed that. That was the only trade where I go, Jesus Christ. That's the one trade where I go one bad trade, but everyone has a bad trade. Lou Lamorello in hockey is a bad trade. 
team, please, eh, you, you can't be perfect, okay? Unless you're playing GM mode in the MLB, the show, and NHL, where you can unerase or you can unsave it and go back and redo a better trade, okay? You can't do that in the in real life, okay? So Alex Anthopoulos was a great manager, or a um, uh, yeah, great general manager. Thank you very much. A great general manager for the Toronto Blue Jays. I, I feel very happy for him that he's going for it. It's well-deserved. Hell, he's Canadian. I hope he wins it. Okay, and I hope I see him celebrating on there. That would make me very excited for him. I don't know what you think. I don't know if you're surprised with that answer. Uh, I would just love it because the Blue Jays, Mark Shapiro being like, oh, I don't know if I want to spend money because I don't know if the money's there. Richest Rogers is worth two point. What a $21 billion of the hell they're worth. No money, my ass. Okay, like I don't, I miss him. It's, I miss Alex Anthopoulos. But then I look at the Blue Jays team and I'm like, well, Shapiro made this team. What do you think about it? And I love this team. So credit all around, but I'm happy Alex is there, Connor. Yeah, no, I, I am too. And I have a very similar situation with the Tigers where they had uh, let go Dave Dombrowski, who, huh. you know, was, was once again another – pardon? Was it Boston that he went again? Or, or, no, he yeah, so he, he goes to Boston, wins a World Series, and then gets fired like six months later. That, that's off Moneyball, was he not? Yeah, he was there when he offered Billy Bean the money, right? Was it not him? Uh, no, oh, no. No, it wasn't the him? Timeline, the film, I don't know. That's right. Dombrowski was on the Tigers. He traded Carlos Pena to the Tigers then. That's right. Okay, that's right. I'm trying to... Yeah, that's, I that's where you're getting the name from. Yeah. That's right. So, so Dave Dombrowski, you know, was notorious for just purging the entire farm system to try to go for it. Because, you know, the Tigers uh, owner, uh, Mike Illich, was like an 85-year-old man. He was, you know, close to dying and he wanted a World Series ring before he died. So he was just, you know, pouring and pouring money into a team and a franchise that, like, let's be real, couldn't support, like, the third richest payroll up there with, like, New York and, like, Los Angeles. Um, they were going for it. And Dabrowski was was leading the charge as general manager, like, just dishing out contracts, just firing <laughs> the bills, like, yeah. you know, just, just everybody, you get – you get a big contract and you get a big contract. Yeah, like Oprah Winfrey, man, you get a contract, you get money. Literally, literally. So he goes, uh, uh, they let him go. Um, and uh, off he goes to the Red Sox. He wins a world series and then gets, gets canned. You know, I felt happy for him. I liked the guy, uh, but at the end of the day, like the Tigers needed a rebuild and they needed to shed salary. He wasn't the guy for that. Um, I don't know if Alex would have been the guy for that. In the case, maybe he would. Um, but you know, it, you feel good for the guys that, that helped your team try to win and, uh, you know, wish them the best. Those were the good days. And Alex is a 44-year-old man. This guy's young. This guy's been around quite some time, and he's Canadian. People don't remember that. People, he is Canadian. Alex Anthopoulos, that's a Greek name, I believe, and I'm not too sure. I'm not, don't quote me on that either. I'm not pulling up Ancestry.ca. That's a complete guess. I believe, I thought I heard that off of a, or whatever, it doesn't matter. He is Canadian, okay? And that is fantastic. That, that is what I'm happy to see. Okay. He, he was actually hired. I remember this by Montreal in 2000, he was hired as an interim. And I believe he worked in the mail room or some stupid, something like that. And then he got to the Jays and then he started uh, with the Jays lower. And then he was with JP Ricciardi. I don't know if anyone remembers JP Ricciardi with the Jays. Okay. And while he was assistant GM, he's the big reason why Bautista, Encarnacion, those guys got there. And then of course, 
You look at a lot of development where he drafted Aaron Sanchez, Noah Syndergaard. Uh, you know, there was blockbuster trades with Vernon Wells. People may not remember that. The Mike Napoli, Vernon Wells trade, not the same trade, but Napoli was a different trade. Vernon Wells was there. Uh, there's a lot of, this guy was active. This guy wanted success in Toronto. He was hungry and he had no problem saying trading prospects away. A lot like the Tigers were a little bit, but here's the thing about the Jays. They have a lot of money. <laughs> Rogers has billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. I would love Rogers to walk into Shapiro's office. Okay. And be like, you know what? Here's $350 million more. Do what you got to do to get me more pitching, more bullpen, another big at bat. See you later. That's your task this offseason. You don't spend this money, you're gone. And then I would like Rogers, if they don't mind. No offense to Larry Tannenbaum, who's been a longtime Toronto Maple Leaf guy. I wouldn't mind Rogers walking down the street to MLSE and being like, you know what? Here's another $350 million. Also, I would like uh, the reason uh, there's a salary cap in the NHL, so that doesn't really help. But I'd be like, I want to take ownership of this team because I know Rogers has a lot of money, and they could be like, well, let's update the arena. Let's buy everyone houses. I don't know. Let's do something. Rogers has enough money to do that. That's the point what I'm making about these stupid points about saying buy houses and do that because Rogers has money. The Tigers didn't. And Alex Anthopoulos, I know there was a point where he had to really dig for money because they weren't sure about how the fans were going to be. But when they were winning, look at the fans. They came. You build it and they will come, right? We hear that on movies. Let's use a baseball reference. You bring a winning team in Toronto, we will come. Heck, fans sit there and leave games absolutely throwing jerseys on the ice and throwing up and shitting themselves because they're so mad. But they go to a Blue Jay game looking to have a good time. And now when they're winning, the Rogers Center erupts. That place erupts. Nathan Inch, our friend, was there, Connor, for game five of the Bautista bat flip. And he said the Rogers Center was shaking. He said it was shaking. The building was shaking. And people outside... We're just putting comments on social media saying, what's going on in the Rogers Center? It's like a bomb went off in there. And that is the passion. And a big part of that passion is because of Alex Anthopoulos. Now Shapiro, I'll give him credit. He is also the same guy he's brought in this team. But with Alex Anthopoulos getting there, he's Canadian. We've talked about him for the last 15 minutes, essentially, here. Okay, and that's fine because he's got to get credit where it's deserved now. He's built a team in Atlanta that's a winning team. They're young. They got a lot of good young talent. Soroka, Christian Pache. I'm a Freddie Freeman fan, as everyone said. And he will get a ring sometime soon in his career. And it might be this year. And I hope it is. And I hope I see him celebrating because I'll clap for him because the guy deserves it. And, hey, bring that World Series ring to the Rogers Center and show the current Jays so they know how it looks like uh, because so they can get a taste of that winning because Alex Anthopoulos is the guy who wants to win and he takes it seriously. And this is a guy who's worked from being at the bottom to the top. That song by Drake, sorry, from the bottom now we're here. That's his theme song, I guarantee you. <laughs> I guess there's just um, one last thing before we wrap up uh, since, you know, our, our show was one of scandals and, and lots and lots of scandals. Every show. The Houston Astros aren't the only controversial uh, team in this World Series. Uh, just, I, I'd like everybody to keep an eye out for the Atlanta Braves fans who uh, apparently have still been doing like the tomahawk chop when they score runs, which is, you know, not a not a good look. Um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty uh, racially uh, insensitive um, yeah, yeah, yeah. by by all accounts. And uh, if the Cleveland Indians have, you know, phased out their their um, mascot now where we're first the mascot wasn't on hats 
and then the mascot wasn't at the stadium and, and now Cleveland Guardians um you know you, you can look for the same sort of sort of thing here uh, if the Atlanta Braves win or even you know score runs you see the fans doing that uh Houston might not be the most hated team in the World Series for long no that's a good point I didn't even think of that for the love of God Atlanta fans don't make me dislike you okay you know how that goes okay you have a good young team an exciting team just don't do that it's not racially correct it's 2021 people I don't understand. We can talk about racism on the show till we're, till we're blue in the face, okay, and suffocating because it is awful. It is still a thing, and I can't believe it is in 2021. I, I just can't, Connor. I, I can't. That's, a, that's another conversation because uh, I would love to go back in the early days in the 1800s, 1900s, be like, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> like, but anyways, it's a matter of the tomahawk, uh, color scan, whatever it may be. Don't do anything that is racially incorrect. Clap, make up something, do the wave. Yeah, do like like fist pumps or something. You're like, yeah, there you go. Or like <laughs> do the Hulk Hogan if you want. Get everyone doing a Hulk Hogan. Get up and get, where, where's this? Or do the time thing. Mock Korea. If you want to do a time and say, you know what time is? It's fucking World Series time for the Braves. That's what you say. Don't go Tomahawk. No, 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 no. That's got to be gone. It's 2021. The Guardians, I got to stop saying Cleveland Indians, but the that will come in transition. They're still called that right now, I think. Well, actually, no, they stopped playing. So technically, they should be the Guardians now when you think about it. Either way, we're still in the 2021 or 2020, or 2021 season. Sorry. Uh, so, you know, Guardians, yeah. they changed. It'll come. It'll come. They changed and get with the times, people. For the love of God, get with the times. That's all I got, Dave. That's all you got for me? Okay. That's one scan. I like scan. We can't go a show without a scandal. What the fuck? You can't go a show without a scandal. But you know what? We finished the show in time. This is one of the only shows that we finish on time because you and I are very punctual. Other ones, we start talking about rainbows, lollipops, and unicorns. No, we don't. But we we just get lost in track of time, and I get lost chatting. As people know, I get really passionate about my ta- my chatting. That's why you host this show, so you keep me in line, and you tell me, okay, Dave, it's time to wrap up. It's a nice change. Uh, but Connor, I'll go to the closer. Um, this has been episode eight of Strike Zone, uh, presented by the Tap Room and North Superior Brewing Company. Uh, soon to be on location for recordings there, not for this show, uh, essentially, but we'll be doing a lot more things with the Tap Room. We got updated pictures, we got video content coming. We got a lot of things coming uh, with the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media. So just make sure you keep an eye on all the platforms. Thank you, North Superior Brewing Company. They are fantastic. This Houndtown. Uh, pale ale is fantastic the brewmaster blake winter literally makes it just mint and no it doesn't taste mint it just is mint if you know your sports lingo you know exactly what i'm saying and connor i want to say thank you to you my friend for taking the time to host the show slash co-host the show with yours truly and We'll be in touch as the World Series goes on, and we'll certainly have a World Series reaction show, and uh, we'll go from there. And always a fun time, my friend. Yeah, thanks so much, Dave. Looking forward to speaking again. Obviously, fantastic time as always. I want to thank you again to 
all the listeners of the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment Media. Hit like, follow, subscribe. I already said that. Do it again. And check out North Spirit Brewing Company again. Give them a like, follow, and subscribe. Go see the top room. The beer is great. And also, don't hesitate to check out previous editions of the show. We just had a Patrick Jarrett upload. It's special edition uh, 47 that was uploaded. The former first overall pick in the Ontario Hockey League. So definitely a great edition. We had a recent ESPN 1400 edition with the host Scott Nason. Multiple guests this week. Yours truly wasn't on the show this week because of schedule conflicts. As well as I will announce that special edition uploads uh, will be taking a break from them for the next two to three weeks. Our next special edition upload will be in the two to three week time frame on video on YouTube. As I mentioned, we're transferring over to YouTube and that'll be a part of that platform announcement expansion, as well as the next special edition show, which will feature Theron Flurry as our first special edition. So what a boom to start off a show. We just had some other recordings. Fantastic. I'll just say it. Frank, uh, Pete Mahovlich and Marcel Dion. We had a great recording. We have a recording come up with James Duthie. We got a lot of big recordings coming, okay? And if you listened up to this point for that, you got some very special news because a lot of a lot of things coming. And for this week, in the pocket edition and strike zone uh, still to come as well. Lots of content, Connor, to always get to. We provide it all. So make sure you check us out. Again, thank you to Connor. Thank you to listeners. I'm here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, turn your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.